This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. Friends, I lost my voice. Don't worry, I found it under a couch. I'm just kidding. No, I had a cold and I lost my voice. And I was so worried that I wouldn't get it back in time to tell you this story. But as you can hear, I pretty much have my voice back. You might hear a slight difference, but I wasn't going to let that keep me from telling you this story. So let's get to it. Did you know there are wild hamsters out there? There are. Not in the United States, where I live, but in Europe and Asia. And they are so cute. I just had to get an up-close look at one of these darling creatures. So I am thrilled to say I have a guest. She has a guest. She really has a guest. Where is that singing coming from? Ugh, a cricket must have gotten in here. They are always singing at me. You have no idea. Anyway, all crickets keep it down because I have a guest... Welcome. Please make yourself comfortable. Oh, well, I don't have the most comfortable seating, but... Oh, okay. Um, my guest has chosen to curl up on top of a folded sweater. Ah, <sighs> that's so sweet. My guest is a wild hamster, all the way from Mongolia. That is very far from here, so I am so grateful that Ari has made the journey to my... What's... what's that, Ari? Oh, that's not good. Ari's voice is very small, so I doubt you can hear her. Basically, she didn't mean to come here. This is unsettling. Apparently, she traveled across land and then sea in a boat she built. She's incredibly handy. And she meant to end up in Australia. Aerie, Australia is very far away. <sighs> well, I'm going to have to make this an extra good story to make up for the fact that you are approximately... Let me do the math here. Okay. Carry the one. Like 8,000 miles from your destination. Okay, but you probably use kilometers, so let me just do that conversion in my head. 8,000 miles is... It's about 12,874 kilometers. But don't worry. I'll make up for that with the story. Okay, let's get to it. Our story is called The Hamster and the Snake. Take it away, Rhiannon. Remember, there are no pictures. You have to imagine them in your mind. You can imagine them however you want. Okay, let's go! Hamster lived in a bustling burrow with her family. She had many brothers and sisters, and as the eldest, she often took care of them. Her little siblings came to her on a near-constant basis with questions. Do you know where my rain jacket is? It's on a hook in the hall. What are we having for dinner? 
Crickets and Vegetables. Why are we here? How did we get here? And what's the meaning of all this? Let's talk about that later. Hamster was tired. Hamster was exhausted. Hamster was ready to set off on her own. She said her goodbyes to her loving family on the promise that she'd be back for Sunday dinners. We'll miss you. Don't go. We'll be lost without you. You'll be fine. And she scampered off into the forest to make a life for herself. Her first act was to dig a burrow. Hamsters are excellent at burrowing, and this hamster was no exception. She put her little paws to work at day's end, when the sun was sinking in the big, wide sky. She worked all night without breaking for anything except a tiny stash of seeds she kept in her satchel. By morning, Hamster had created a tunnel deep into the earth. It was long enough that she could crawl to its furthest point and feel as though there was no one else in all the world. After years of voices coming at her from all directions, interrupting her daily activities, I can't find my tail sock, and interrupting her sleep, and a bad dream, this quiet was a marvel. Hamsters slept blissfully through the daylight hours, dreaming of her new life. The following night, she completed her burrow. She carved out a few small rooms for herself. She dug out sleeping quarters, of course, a kitchen where she could do her cooking, and a living room where she could sit by the fireplace and read. But even after all this, She had not done what she'd been looking forward to most. You see, Hamster's family was many things. Loud, busy, crowded. Did I mention loud? And of course, full of laughter and love. But they were not stylish. Their burrow was simply a burrow. A place to gather and to sleep, and to wait out storms. It was a place for family togetherness. A lot of togetherness. Hamster had shared a bedroom with seven of her siblings. For years, she had dreamed of having a room of her own. She had dreamed of decorating. This was her chance. Over the next few days... Hamster visited all the flea markets in the area. The fleas provided excellent customer service. She went to every thrift shop, every barnyard sale. She visited design shops and all the nearby trees. You could say Hamster went a little overboard. In came the throw pillows. Never too many. The candles. They set the mood. The wooden signs with sayings on them like live, laugh, burrow, and burrow, sweet burrow. And of course, 
but first, dandelion tea. Hamster just loved to show off her delightful personality. That was not all. Hamster hung curtains that fashionably grazed the dusty burrow floor. She built shelves and filled them with things like aged driftwood and jars of sea glass. And on and on. Hamster was not about to squander her opportunity after all those years of being one of many. She was free. She was stylish. She was, oh, she was hungry. I don't think I've eaten. Hamster fished a few seeds out of her satchel, but her tummy continued to growl. She looked around at her gorgeous burrow, everything in its place. She smiled. Then she set out into the dark of the night to collect some food. Not two minutes after Hamster left, someone else showed up. It was a snake. Oh dear. Snake had aspirations in life. Well, mainly one. He aspired to eat. He did not like to waste his time. So when he wanted a burrow, he took someone else's. He'd done it for years, and it had worked well. Burrowing animals were the types he liked to eat, so there was that added bonus. Now he needed a burrow because he wanted to get a nap in before poker night. Snake never missed a poker night. He and his reptilian friends would sit around a crowded table, recounting their recent meals, trying to one-up each other with tales of their escapades. Snake wanted to be well-rested, and while he could find a rock to curl up beneath, burrows were always more comfortable. Hamster had rested a tuft of twigs and grasses over the entry of her burrow, but Snake was quite clever and noticed right away that they did not fit neatly into their surroundings. He nudged the cover aside, how adorable, and slipped down the tunnel into Hamster's home. He immediately questioned his decision. Ew, what is all this? It's like a burrow decor store threw up in here, Snake hissed. His first stop was the tiny kitchen. Snake inspected every square inch as he was wildly allergic to barley. Ugh, why would anyone eat it anyway? Cheese. Ugh, cheese. And strawberries. They're the worst. And he had to make sure they weren't lurking in the burrow somewhere. Snake was relieved that none of these offending items seemed to be present. Snake slithered around, shaking his head in disbelief. Why are there so many tiny mirrors in here? I feel like I'm being followed. There were huge portraits of Hamster's family on the wall. Oh my goodness, Snake muttered. He slipped into the bedroom and could hardly see the bed due to all the pillows piled atop it. How could one even sleep with such nonsense? In the living room, 
Hamster had lit scented candles and the mingling aromas of pumpkin spice, vanilla, and apple pie attacked Snake's senses. Ugh, disgusting. Snake had just eaten something quite large, and his tummy was roiling a bit from the combination of his meal and the repellent smells wafting around this strange burrow. Usually, Snake ate his food, bones and all, but presently he coughed up a number of bones onto Hamster's paw-made jute rug. <clears throat> ah, that's better. Snake continued his tour through Hamster's ridiculous home. He was disturbed and mystified, but also fascinated. It was not every day that he had the opportunity to see his snack's interior designs. There was something pathetic, but also rather charming about Hamster's efforts. Hamster had hung a colorful curtain between her bedroom and the kitchen. Snake was nearly snagged in the tassels that dangled from its hem. Ah! Snake made his way to the tiny alcove where Hamster had installed little hooks for her satchel and coats. Snake peered at the hooks and imagined hanging... What was that? Snake lifted his head to listen. Yes, paw steps through the grass. Snake squinted as he listened, his eyes turning to slits. He imagined the hamster, its big, blinking eyes, its fat tummy. If only he hadn't just eaten, no matter. He would hide and nap until his hunger returned. Snake slid through the burrow and curled himself inside Hamster's kitchen pantry. Up at ground level, Hamster had a spring in her step. She'd had a magical night. She'd met some of her new neighbors, including a sweet badger who gave her a bundle of worms as a welcome gift. Hamster had woven a basket out of thick grass and it swung lightly from her wrist, holding the worms as well as an assortment of seeds she had gathered on the nearby ridge. Nestled next to the seeds was a little perfume spray bottle she'd picked up at the local rodent market. It smelled of wild strawberries. She was so delighted by the trappings of her new life that she didn't notice that the tunnel leading to her burrow was uncovered. Hamsters shimmied down her tunnel, inwardly applauding her own handiwork. She reached the beautifully arched doorway leading to her burrow. Ah, my sanctuary. Hamster actually said this out loud. Snake heard her from the depths of the pantry and rolled his eyes. Hamster stepped through the doorway, inhaling a sweet breath of... Wait a second. Hamsters, as you may know, have terrible eyesight. Which is why Hamster never left the burrow without her thick glasses. But her sense of smell 
It was unparalleled. Hamster put her nose to the air and sniffed several times. Pumpkin spice. Perfect. Vanilla. Love it. Apple pie. Fabulous. But there was something else. Hamster smelled carnivore vibes. There was some type of beastly creature in her home. And she was fairly certain it was reptilian in nature. Hamster's eyes darted around her burrow, but nothing seemed out of place. The portraits she'd installed above the fireplace were placed just so. The scented candles were still lit. The throw blanket on her tiny chair was still splayed exactly as she had wanted, to look as though it was tossed casually yet elegantly. Then she took a tiny paw step forward into her living room and... <gasps> Bones? My jute rug! I think Hamster might have actually said, my jute rug, first, but let's not embarrass her too much. Hamster's little eyes went wide. She couldn't decide whether she was more afraid or more outraged. If she were to be eaten, that would be terrible. But what about her decor? Inside the dark of the pantry, Snake woke up to Hamster's outburst. Huh? He sighed groggily. I forgot about the bones. Back in the living room, Hamster's outrage won out. She could not allow some reptile to take over her beautiful burrow. She couldn't possibly run away. She planted her tiny paws on the dusty burrow floor and called out to her intruder. Creature, show thyself. I think we've established Hamster has a flair for the dramatic. Snake, coiled in the pantry, raised a brow. Well, this is unexpected. Snake quickly evaluated his tummy and decided he could fit a small hamster without ill effects. He nudged open the pantry door and slithered out. As soon as Hamster heard the sound of Snake skimming along the burrow floor, she felt a lump form in her throat. She knew that sound well. All Hamsters knew that sound. It was a sound that sent a chill down her back and along the length of her tail. But my decor, Hamster murmured to herself. She gulped Gulp. and tried to regain her composure. Just as Snake entered the living room, Hamster felt her throat tighten as though the interloper had already wrapped itself around her neck. She shook her head, reminding herself that she had an astonishingly magnificent burrow to defend. She couldn't allow all of her design work to go to waste. Within seconds, Snake was facing Hamster from the other side of the jute rug. 
The bones lay between them, a grim reminder of what was at stake. Snake peered at this furry creature with its pointless tail and excessive limbs. So sad, so inconsequential, so doomed. But Snake was not one to rush. He preferred to be deliberate in his movements, although he did have poker night to get to. While Snake appeared to be forming a plot, Hamster did her own quick thinking. She glanced around the burrow for ideas. I could dazzle him with a stylish outfit, Hamster thought to herself. No, it's never going to work. I could offer him a discount on interior design services, Hamster wondered, instantly rejecting the idea as absurd. He probably already has a decorator. Hmm. Hamster was desperate. There was a snake, an actual snake, in her home. If she tried to escape, he could easily dart across the rug and snatch her up. If she stood her ground, he could easily dart across the rug and snatch her up. Hamster settled on the only plan she could think of. She'd mesmerize the snake with a dance. Look, let's go easy on Hamster, okay? She's trying her best here. Snake peered at Hamster as she began to twirl in place. What a puzzling creature. Eh, she will make an adequate snack. As Hamster twirled and leapt across the living room, her woven basket, still hanging from her wrist, swung around in circles. Worms began flying out of it, sailing across the room. They were not thrilled about it. Ah, a worm, not a bird. Snake was transfixed by this rodent, who seemed to be doing his job for him. She would tire herself out soon enough. He decided to wait and allow Hamster to lose her stamina. But Hamster was determined. She continued dancing, adding in some high kicks as she went. Seeds flew from her woven basket, pinging against Hamster's beloved decorations. Snake yawned. He glanced at the watch at the end of his tail. He had about half an hour until poker night. This pitiful critter would run out of steam soon enough. Hamster was running out of steam. She wasn't a dancer, but she kept going, trying to outdo herself. She added in some dramatic dips and leaps. And as she leapt, the bottle of perfume jostled loose from her woven basket. Snake watched with disinterest as the bottle soared across the room and crashed into the portrait of Hamster's family. Hamster stopped short. My portrait? Snake was tired of waiting. His eyes gleamed, and he began to assume a striking position. And then, and then, an overpowering scent of strawberries filled the air. It smelled divine. 
to hamster. She was glad to at least get a whiff of her lovely perfume spray before, well, you know. She closed her eyes, bracing for the worst. Meantime, the perfume did not smell divine to Snake. Remember, Snake was wildly allergic to strawberries. As their potent, fruity essence circulated around him, he felt as though he were the one being wrapped tightly around the throat. His eyes stung and watered so much he could no longer see. His scales itched horribly. Hamster, sensing something unforeseen was taking place, blinked open her eyes. She gasped when she saw Snake writhing in pain on her jute rug. Hamster's first thought was, My jute rug! Her second thought was, My dancing worked! She did not understand how, but she suddenly had the upper hand. At the same moment, Snake had a thought, too. This rodent knows my weakness. He did not know how she knew of his allergies, but it was clear she did. Hamster, feeling all-powerful, decided to take command of the situation. Leave my home before more calamity befalls you, she shouted. In his state of intense pain, besieged by the unending strawberry poison that seemed to have diffused thickly throughout the entire burrow, Snake did not even hear Hamster's cry. Still, he had to escape. He awkwardly and unseeingly slid towards what he could sense was clearer air. He moved further and further out of the burrow, up the tunnel, the strawberry scent dissipating as he went. Finally, after much faltering, he reached ground level, overwhelmed with relief. Down below, Hamster was in disbelief. I'm an incredible dancer, she murmured to herself. She beamed with pride. Not only had she built and decorated a truly incredible burrow, she had defended it as well. Up above, Snake scowled and blinked his eyes repeatedly, hoping the stinging would diminish soon. He slithered through the grass, sniffing the ground to remember this burrow, this terrible burrow, so that he'd never make the mistake of venturing there again. He decided to skip poker night. If he showed up like this, he'd never hear the end of it. He slunk into the woods. Over the next few days, Hamster replaced the glass in her family portrait. She used tongs to pick up and dispose of the bones, and carefully cleaned her jute rug. She scrubbed the entire burrow to rid it of the awful reptile smell. And she installed an alarm. There were bells, sweet, tinkling bells. She strung them across the opening of her burrow, 
so that if anyone tried to slip inside while she was at home, she'd hear them coming. She also improved her method of concealing the burrow. Instead of simply using twigs and grasses to cover the opening of her tunnel, her neighbor, the badger, helped her dig out a large, heavy piece of earth to block the entrance while she was away. She'd heave it into place as she went out and push it aside to enter. It was nifty. A few weeks after moving in, Hamster hosted a burrow-warming party. She invited her entire family. They were blown away by Hamster's decor. This is so extravagant. Oh, I got most of it at thrift markets, Hamster said with a giggle. Life was good. Hamster's burrow was perfect. She had both her independence and her family. And she also had a secret weapon. If she ever had another intruder, she could simply dance her way to safety. I love pillows. I like having a bed with pillows that you have to take off before you get in. So what if it's pointless? It's fun. And this story was fun to write. I loved both of the characters and I could relate to both of them in different ways. I love when it feels like I'm discovering the story as I write it like it's unfolding itself for me as I go. It's such a thrill. I felt that way with this story. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoyed it, Ari. Was it, oh, what's wrong? You look disgruntled. Are you disgruntled? Oh my, that is a strange coincidence. It turns out, Ari is allergic to strawberries too so strange. It's not that common of an allergy. Okay, but Aerie, what does that have to do with the price of onions? You can still enjoy the story. I recommend you listen to it again with an open mind. And thank you for being my guest. Now let's get you to Australia. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. My in-house tech director, Peter Kay, runs my website and puts my stories on the internet for all of you to enjoy. You can visit my website, littlestoriestinypeople.com, to find my two picture books, fun merch like t-shirts, and more. While you're there, sign up for my email list so you don't miss any big news about the podcast. Thank you so much to Rhiannon for the important reminder message at the beginning. And thank you to Harper, Kira, Cassie, Lamont, Gloria, and Clifford for the phenomenal sound effects used in this story. If you loved this story, please share it with everyone you know who puts too many pillows on their bed anyone allergic to strawberries who also has a sense of humor, 
all hamsters who have to have their morning dandelion tea before dealing with anyone, and most of all, your friends. If you get something of value from my stories, please share them. It makes a world of difference. And thank you, as always, for listening in.